0: Welcome to Pod Songs, where we interview inspirational people in service to others as inspiration for a new song. Today's guest is Dr. Gerald Polak, Professor of Bioengineering at the University of Washington a leading authority in the field of water structuring. You don't do the kind of research that pharmaceuticals can sell. Mm. Who who invests in it because it's water water everywhere? It's kind of the benefit for humanity and that's not kind not the kind of research investment that the big business
1: is interested no, in. Is it? No, it, it's not. Uh in in general, um what we do is fundamental research and the only um, real money for fundamental research is is um, government agencies. But government agencies don't particularly uh, 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 relish ideas that run against the mainstream, seriously against the mainstream. And so getting money is a challenge. Um, there are some uh, generous people who've done well in their lives and want to give back. And uh, we've been supported by by notes for the past several years unfortunately of of the two um uh one is has um basically changed their direction and um we don't fit or they been very generous to us and the other one is suffering some difficult economic uh, uh issues and, and so we're once again on the lookout because without without The funding—it's—it's impossible to carry forth fundamental research. Yeah, if we were—if we um, were—if we were designing a drug, it would be easier. But we don't do that
0: (laughs) (laughs) because I remember hearing you a long time ago on the Bulletproof podcast, Dave Asprey's podcast. Yeah, and Easy Water was um, because it has the health benefits, but also has the the energy aspect. It has. I mean where do you start really it's, it's so many benefits to the to the, everyone uh,
1: well i i I must admit that I agree with you there it has so much potential because it is it's at the fundamental of um uh, of science the, the different phases of water that exist and and what we identified i I hesitate to say the word discovered because there are people. You know, a hundred years ago, who we was suggesting that water has a different, another phase that's unrecognized, and and that general idea uh, uh, was amplified by several prominent scientists during over the past hundred years, shall we say, uh, including uh, uh, Albert Saint Georgie, who was recognized as the father of modern biochemistry, won a Nobel Prize for discovering vitamin C. Gilbert Ling, uh, who perhaps contributed as much as anybody to the idea that inside your body, my body, the water is not like liquid water. The water consists of uh, water molecules that are aligned or stacked or ordered. We like to call it structured uh, water. And um, on, on the shoulders of, of those giants is where we stand, and, and we we're lucky enough to. To um, have at the time, to have the funding, the personnel, the group of creative people, to exploit uh, those findings and and learn a whole lot more about this simple structured water, which we now call four phase water or exclusion zone water, uh, which again is shortened to EZ exclusion zone, which works well in the U.S. but not all countries because sometimes. EZ is easy to remember, but none of it's EZ. <laughs> so we learned into that problem. At any rate, that's basically uh, what, what we found. And um, there are, in fact, practical applications. And, and we, we have been working on some of those practical applications. But they need to be done outside the university setting. Because the university mm-hmm. uh, is not a company. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and it, in order to be to retain its tax-free status, it, it can't engage the company activities, but uh, but it can uh, partner with with um, scientists um, to write patents, and then the patents are licensed to people who want to develop them. And so there is a, a, a measure of that, and with easy water or phase water. There are multiple applications, and um, uh, and and we have been pursuing some of those to to a limited extent, but that's outside the scope mm. of the university. The university is not permitted to, to become a business in that
0: way. Because if you you know did one product desalination or water purifying that you know that
1: yeah of all thing. of that well we we've been thinking of those and uh, we're we into those but but uh, not enough not in that really major way that that mm-hmm. uh, can make leaps um, in in technology there's always that so-called valley of death you know you have an observation in the laboratory works great and then you have to in order to make it uh, an or create an entity that that has worldwide practicality you have to cross over that deep valley so-called valley of death mm-hmm. to get to the other side and most don't make it. Uh,
0: oh, so it's a genuine uh, f- phenomenon in academia.
1: Well, or beyond academia, in in, in any endeavor, if you have a, mm. an idea, uh, it seems to work work well in a, in a limited setting, like a laboratory. Mm-hmm. And out of that, you you want to you want to create something that has benefit for the world. And and certainly we do the the ones you mentioned exactly mm. two of them yeah desalination is one desalination without the need to use any energy beyond the energy of the sun um, mm. desalination filtration is another getting electrical energy uh, from from uh, from the sun and water is yet another uh, and and and. And there are there are others, so so there are practical benefits, but that. But you're
0: you're very you're very generous in your book and also in your many interviews with giving credit to because you're part of a big team. You have many students and uh, postgraduates, people you know they did all these micro discoveries throughout the way. So you know, perhaps one of them is going along and starting up
1: something. Uh, well, well, yeah, actually, one of them did and started a company, and reassured me that uh, he would do everything. We should do it together. <laughs> and uh it wouldn't require any of my time it didn't exactly turn out that way um <laughs> uh and um well well i i need to go into more detail um, no but it's uh,
0: clear there's there's many applications but um many so maybe maybe for people that because uh, i've been researching it but for the people that don't know i mean it's a, the fourth phase of water is like a gel substance
1: yeah let me uh, let, let me explain uh so so it forms it can form in many ways um it starts from water and forms out of ordinary liquid water like you've just been drinking and i should be drinking more of uh, okay <laughs> and uh i uh i have my supply yeah, there you go here. cheers yeah.
0: cheers cheers yeah
1: so uh um if you take a body of water, and into this body of water uh, you immerse some material, and if the surface of this material is hydrophilic, that is water loving, so in other words, if if you drop a droplet of water, spreads out, it means the surface is hydrophilic, and if it beads up, it means it's hydrophobic, it fears uh, water. Water wants to. You- the surface and water don't want to, to interact at all. Uh, so if it's hydrophilic in most cases, not every case, when the water meets the surface, um, what happens is the first molecular layer undergoes a change, a radical change, and what was initially individual, a bunch of individual water molecules randomly oriented, bouncing around a fierce number of times per second gradually forms this honeycomb array. And so if you were to look look at that first molecular layer, it looks like uh, hexagons, series of hexagons. That first layer then acts as a template for the creation of the second layer, which will be from water, the same as the first layer, and this third layer, and so on, and they keep building layer by layer. and we've seen stacking as as large as on the order of a million layers. So, so this is no
0: how high is how high would that be? Oh, on the order of a millimeter. millimeter uh, we can, one millimeter.
1: Yeah, we can easily, um, easily see uh, uh, one mill- millimeter. We see just shy of that on an everyday basis. Uh, is, uh,
0: and is that the surface tension on? A, you know, so when you fill a glass of water over the top, you see that the bubble it goes over the top. Is it? Yes, uh, is, that, is that surface tension? Is that easy water?
1: Well, that is related, certainly related to easy water. Surface tension is, is uh, and a and rather ill. It's not ill defined, but not not well understood. Something happens at the boundary between the water and the air, and um, <clears throat> we we have studied that. And to some extent, the surface is indeed, as you say, filled with with easy water. Um, is a bit a bit more complicated than that, but yes, the answer to your question is the the two of them are closely related. So if you, you know, I have a container of water, there will be surface tension at the top and um, water is known to have a high surface tension. And part of the reason is indeed that easy layer that falls at the top. Uh, so that, that is a part of it. Yeah. But, but it, it forms, um, it forms the, the the most fundamental way in which it forms is the one that I described next to uh, a surface that happens to be hydrophilic, and most are. So, so there are you know dozens of examples that uh, we've seen and recorded uh, o- o- over the years of, of types of surface that nucleate the buildup of this easy water. So the easy water is different from from liquid water and we call it a fourth phase. We also call it an exclusion zone because the water excludes. It excludes almost everything the test that that we, we've done. And it excludes because it's a very tight lattice. As you can imagine, these hexagons are extremely small. You don't let anything through, practically anything through. And when you, when you apply one sheet and another sheet and another sheet, and each sheet is slightly offset from the first we found then Almost nothing gets in, Um, and so we refer to it as exclusion zone, or or easy, for short, easy to remember, uh, because it excludes these these substances. Another characteristic uh, is that um, uh, uh, it it uh, uh, it it it, it needs energy uh, to to build. and uh, the energy, when you go from chaos, which is liquid water, to order, which is this easy fourth phase water, you need to put energy in. It's kind of like um, your your office. Um, you know, it looks pretty neat where you are right now, but I, I, I can bet you that uh, over a period of a week or two, if you didn't do anything, it would be a mess. And then, uh, so it's, it's easy to create randomness, but if you want to Get it back into shape the way it is now. You need to spend some time, energy, and effort. Um, energy is required in order to create order. This is this is uh, typical, uh, well known principle of thermodynamics. What are the principles that for me make sense? Um, not all not all do. Uh, <clears throat> and so, in order to create this ordered, structured, easy water, four phase water need energy. And we found that the energy uh, comes basically from the sun. Uh, it's infrared energy. So, you know, the sun's energy, the electromagnetic spectrum uh, that comes from the sun, consists of a wide range of wavelengths and a narrow, narrow uh, region of those wavelengths is what we call visible light. And slightly longer wavelengths, infrared light, and slightly shorter wavelengths, ultraviolet light. And we found that infrared light is the key. That's what, that's what builds easy water. It's almost the equivalent of heat. Not quite, but essentially it, it's heat. So when the sun um, uh, 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 it imparts its energy, some of which reaches the Earth, it does so not only in terms of visible light, but also heat. You can feel the heat. And some 50% or so uh, of this energy is in the form of heat, in infrared energy. So the energy required for building this kind of water is all around us. Uh, it's not just the sun, actually. It's also anything that absorbs the sun's energy and then later re-radiates it. So in, in, in your office... If you were to turn off all the lights uh, <clears throat> and your video camera reports lack nothing. Um, if if your camera, a videographer, whatever, were uh, to substitute a camera with an infrared sensor, uh, then a beautiful image of you, even in complete darkness, um, because you're generating infrared. The microphone is, the picture on the back wall, the stairway, uh, plant, everything is generating infrared energy. And so you get a beautiful image. Uh, and that's why it's used for the military as a night light because it can pick up images because the infrared energy uh, that's picked up by this instrument is all over the place. And, and so because it's all over the place, there is plenty of it available to build easy water. So that's another characteristic to build it you need this kind of energy, but the energy is always there. So you've got a lot of it. Finally, one more, one more feature. Maybe this is one of the more interesting. Uh, This water is not neutral. So um, ordinary H2O is neutral, uh, but this water typically is negatively charged, negatively charged. And, uh, And so as these layers begin building, each layer contains negative charge which means it's not H2O anymore because H2O is nutrient. Actually, it's H3O2. Uh, So you've got layers of H3O2 uh, uh, building up and infrared energy is responsible. And H3O2 is negatively charged. And the region beyond these layers, just ordinary water, has the, the equivalent positive charge. So in other words, you're starting as with, in terms of the raw material, you start with water. The water is broken up into H plus OH minus. That gives H to The OH minuses gather together um, to form this EZ water. And the H pluses get cast into the wilderness, just beyond these EZ values. So you've got negative EZ, positive region beyond. You stick two electrodes in, uh, negative and positive, you can light a light bulb. And we demonstrated this in the laboratory. So this has got, you know, uh, a lot of practical potential. Imagine, imagine if you get practically uh, unlimited electrical energy coming from the sunlight and the water. That's all, completely renewable. Uh, Yeah, it's totally fascinating. So... So those are those are anyway uh, um, st- some of the the, the more uh, practical uh, or I shouldn't say practical they include practical but some of the more fundamental aspects of easy water four phase mm-hmm. water and uh, it builds as I said mostly when you've got that energy um, infrared which is practically always there but also there are other instances like the we mentioning of the air-water interface is one of them. Another one is if you stick um, electrodes in water and pass current, near that negatively charged electrode, easy, negatively charged, easy water will grow. So so even passing a charge into water can be sufficient for uh, growth, easy. Uh, and there may be other other means that we have yet to discover. So it's all, it's all so exciting. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So
0: just to be clear, so I can have a glass of water and I can have a glass of ice and I could get a glass of steam briefly, but, um, can you have a glass of easy water or is it, does it, is it limited in its size?
1: We don't know what that, what that limit is. We know that your glass of water can contain some easy water and probably does, uh, uh, because uh, there, there are several several ways that, first of all, you've got infrared energy coming in, not from along the environment, but your fingers are generating infrared mm-hmm. energy. Um, uh, and uh, we found that uh, in experiments that the amount of easy water um, is kind of self-limiting. That is, uh, suppose you have in your glass of water, uh, Uh, a kind of uh, region where easy water begins to grow. As it grows, negative charge, it will release positive charges all around it. And we found when those positive charges get too concentrated, easy stops growing. So it's self-limiting. If you can get rid of those protons, uh, those positive charges, somehow the easy water will grow even more. So we we understand that. and uh, right now, it's difficult to imagine that your glass of water is filled with easy water, but good chance that it's got a certain fraction. If it were filled with easy water, easy water is more viscous. And it's kind of like honey. Your your entire water would turn into you know, a, a kind of viscous blob, that wouldn't easily <laughs> be able to drink. <laughs>
0: So yes, but if you're going if you're going to make a battery, you know, with all the with all the filament dividing sections and with them um, that what what did you call it the um, the, the, the substance that repels water, the,
1: uh, the opposite
0: uh, to the Teflon, and,
1: uh, or hydrophilic, hydrophilic, hy- hy- hydrophilic loves water,
0: hydrophobic, fears it, hates it. Hydrophilic, then the easy water could. Could grow on the hydrophilic yes. layers. Yes, and yeah, and that's making, what happens. Making a battery.
1: Yeah, that's right. Making a battery. Yeah. It mm-hmm. also same thing happens in your cells. Your cells are filled with solids, mostly roughly seventy percent protein, and um, on on the surface of the protein, most of the surface is charged, with a hydrophilic, and and so those surfaces are perfectly arranged, designed, whatever it, you want to call it to grow easy water. Um, and, and that, and, and for that reason, your cell is filled with easy water. Uh, mm. yeah. And, and so, but was, What
0: about some of the health benefits then, if you, because I remember when you were on Dave Asprey's show, you were talking about taking easy water in you, how would you do that? And what would be the benefits?
1: You can take easy, uh, well, well, first of all, the, let, let me back up, uh, a bit. Um, uh, uh, easy water fills every cell in your body, and the water is actually easy water, which is the water mostly filling your cells. Uh, is involved in practically every significant activity of the cell. So, uh, if you're a muscle cell, for example, uh, the the water, its easy water, is integrally involved in in the mechanism of uh, contraction of the muscle. We studied muscle for uh, several decades, and, um, and I, I, I know this, this field reasonably well. And uh, the, the general consensus in the field is that water is irrelevant. It plays no, no role. And the, in general, most of the models of muscle contraction that have arisen, the concepts, consider muscle practically working in a vacuum water is irrelevant it's like bath that bathes the more important water the more important uh um, or ingredients in, in the process that that's a little hard to swallow i mean it's easy mm. because that's the trend but um when you think that uh are two-thirds water uh and that Water is playing no role in anything. So well, more than that, in
0: terms of molecules, is it ninety-nine percent?
1: Hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and people don't quite get that. But if you, if you line up all the molecules um, in in your muscle cell or any cell, and you start counting one through three, more more than ninety-nine out of hundred are going to be water molecules. And you can understand since the arithmetic that the molecule is so small that to make up that two-thirds volume, you need to it requires as as a, a lot of water molecules so so if you um if you think that 99 out of a hundred of your molecules don't do anything just basically sit there like the bath in which you you bathe uh, um that doesn't make sense uh, but this is the current belief system it's not not only in muscle cells but essentially all cells the water is considered to be uh, and no more, more than a background carrier of the more important molecules of life, hmm. and I believe the evidence disputes that absolutely. And this is described in um, in my first book about water. It's called Cells, Gels, and the Endings of Life. Um, the second book is is the one that that describes more of the properties of the water. That's called the fourth phase of water, and that's the one that. Has become very popular um, of, of late. And, and uh, so, so the water is, is, uh, is really important. And, and therefore, if you don't have a full complement of water, it's like missing some of your proteins or missing some critical ingredient. Your cell can't mm-hmm. work properly if it's deficient. Sometimes we refer to that as dehydration because effectively, the easy water hydrates your cell. And that's what hydration is all about. So so what happens is, uh, in the simplest case, is that you take in water. Uh, some of that water gets peed out. Um, other of the water gets absorbed. And as it gets absorbed, because of the um, infrared energy from outside, and of course from inside, because you're metabolizing, metabolism generates heat. The heat is used to build easy water. And therefore, your cells... Um, when they're working properly, should be filled with easy water. And if they are and everything else is working fine, your should work fine. If you've played two matches of tennis and you're dehydrated, uh, I think you do play two matches of tennis for Danny. You look quite mm-hmm. athletic. Um, <laughs> uh, you, 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 need, you sit down and you drink a couple liters of water and you're back in shape again. Uh, Hmm. The water is absolutely critical, not just for the operation of your muscle cells, but also nerve cells, secretory cells that can't secrete properly unless they've got a full complement of easy water. Nerve cells can't transmit information properly unless they've got a full complement of easy water, et cetera, et cetera. That was the main argument of uh, that first-world cells jealousy at the end of his life. And so to keep healthy, a uh, very simple paradigm, uh, at least one, one aspect of remaining healthy uh, is to make sure that you've got enough hydration, that you've got enough mm-hmm. water. Uh, and so there are uh, at least a half dozen uh, ways to do that. Uh, they're all fairly simple. I, I can't remember what I mentioned uh, in, in the interview with Dave Asprey, but but um I can tell you I can run down quickly because they're easy. The first is uh, if if you'd like me to, I'm happy to do, uh sure, yeah. Uh, yeah. Good. yeah. Of course, drink a lot of water. That's the first. Got gotcha. Uh, so obvious. Um the second one is drink the right kind of water. Uh because if you can drink water that contains a lot of easy, you've bypassed one step that is uh turning ordinary h2o into uh there you go Uh,
0: i always drink from a blue bottle i don't know if you've ever done experiments with colored color effect of color
1: they're undergoing right right now with a a woman in the lab who who hails from india and her grandfather uh, uh used colored bottles green blue other ones set them out in the sun um and after they were out in the sun for at least one day, you could drink them, especially if you were ill. Uh, uh, still, she doesn't recall, and I, I don't know which color is, is <laughs> best for which illness, but ah. she remembers that whenever she was sick, she would drink that water and she would get better. So we're looking into that right now. And okay, oh, great. So, so far, so far, preliminary evidence, you put it out in the sun, um, put the water out in the sun, and um, if it has not been in the sun, it contains no easy water. If it's been in the sun for at least a day or so, it contains easy water because we can actually wow. measure it in a simple way. Just I by, always
0: just leave it out for 20 minutes. And for external use, leave it out for longer. Than, uh,
1: the I, I, I can't comment on that. We don't have enough okay. information, but we're we're studying it. It has a lot of practical consequence because, because uh, you know, if you... If you drink the right water versus the wrong water the wrong water i mean having no easy but beyond that as as you know full of pharmaceuticals mm. chemicals pollutants all kinds of junk um uh, mm.
0: uh, i think the, i think the water's happiest in the in the dark blue if you look at the oceans when they're they're in their deepest and they're they're still the most powerful they're in there they're a deep blue so
1: they there are they're a deep blue um and um almost lack if they're if they're really deep they, they they look dark but but if you look at the headwaters of rivers uh, and I think you've done it the color is different um the headwaters of rivers just after the ice melt tend to be green uh, I, yeah, I've I've seen, seen that, that yeah. you've seen and I've seen it too in several places and uh I've seen it uh, for example uh in in Austria uh just just beneath as as the ice melts because you waters. see it against
0: the whites quite well, you know.
1: Oh, against the whites, yeah. But even the... e- even without the whites, Innsbruck is a, an example. Right here, down Innsbruck, the river is running. It's running rapidly, and the usual explanation is well, there there must be some minerals in the water. But you know, you need an endless supply of minerals uh, uh, to, <laughs> to to explain this. So, and it looks as though the color is deep, it kind of runs it runs through the water. So we found, I, I think the answer is that it has to do um, with the fluorescence of easy water. We found and published <coughs> that easy water fluorescence fluoresces. The color of the fluorescence depends on the light that's coming in from the outside. So um, now we also found that um, When ice turns into water and it melts, it doesn't turn directly into water. It goes through an easy phase. So the structure of easy, the hexagonal structure, is not too different from the structure of ice. It's different, but it's not too different. And we found experimentally that if you want to melt water, you start with ice, and then the ice converts to easy water, which then converts to ordinary water. Mm, And the reverse is true as well. If you want freeze water, you must first... Take the water and uh, it must go into it, its um, uh, easy state, and the easy state then turns into, into ice. You see, so easy is a necessary intermediate between ice and water. Therefore, what you're looking at uh, uh, in the headwaters of the rivers is the beginnings of ice melt. And we know that the easy water that is the beginning of ice melt fluoresces. And so I think the reason that in Innsbruck and other places where the waters are have just barely melted, uh, should be green or, or blue green and, so. and the same thing is true. Perhaps you've noticed on your uh, vacations, or uh, you're right nearby, some of the tropical waters. Uh, sometimes they look bluish, greenish, you know, light blue green. They look heavenly. They look as though yeah. all you want to do is jump in. Uh, it's wonderful. <laughs> Why is that? Well, same same explanation. Uh, um, um, well, similar explanation. These these waters are warm. Uh, warm uh, waters contain huge numbers of uh, single celled organisms, the uh, bacteria and uh, uh, algae, and whatever, and yeah. and these grow and. Your cells and inside these cells is easy water. And not only inside the cells, but also right outside the cells, you've got blobs of, of easy water throughout simply because it's warm and because these mm. grow. And the easy water, as I said, fluoresces. And it depends on the uh, nature of, of, of the incident light as to what color it will be. So you've seen images or in person at some of these luscious colors which do range typically in the blue and the greens violets um, and I think it's simply because these waters contain abundant uh, easy waters okay so we're 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 deviating from from the question the question is well what can you do to build easy water to optimize your health and and um, and one of them is drink a lot of water and the second is drink water that does contain easy uh, water. And so uh, yeah. there was a, a group in Central Asia called the Hunza. Some of you may know it was studied studied by uh, 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 several people uh, 50, 75 years ago including the uh, I his name, Nobel laureate in the field of fluids who found that uh, the Hunza people uh, drank this this kind of special water from ice melt and and still people go there and they live they produce babies at age 100 they live 120 years and they're healthy throughout Hmm. their lifetime unlike the rest of us (laughs) and uh children are at 100 children after 100 right (laughs)
0: wow okay yeah
1: yeah absolutely um Perhaps it's an apocryphal story, but I, I I know that that the people who have studied the Hunzu know that they are unusually healthy and they live very long lives, healthy. So where is it? The- it, it right, somewhere in in Asia. Uh, uh, okay. uh, I'm pretty sure it's Central Asia, somewhere. I I'm picturing the map somewhere, somewhere southwest of China. Uh, uh, but if you check the Hunza, H-U-N-Z-A, you'll find out immediately on, on the internet, okay. I've not been there. And there are other cultures uh, where the water is known to be high quality, and people uh, live live longer uh, there. So it, it's not just the Hunza, but the Hunza, I believe... It, is says, most... it
0: says it's a mountainous valley in the Gilgit Bal- Balitsan region of Pakistan.
1: Or uh, Pakistan. Okay, I see. Yeah, well, I was right southwest, but it's pretty far southwest. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, now we know how to keep healthy. So so that's another one. Uh, let me think. Uh, and the best way to do this, or a good way to do this, is to get the juice from plants, so-called juicing. So you take uh-huh. something growing in your backyard, and uh, you squeeze it to death, take the green leaves and squeeze them, Um, and, and and what you're doing is squeezing out the water, uh, from inside the cells of these freshly growing plants, healthy, healthy plants. And the water inside the cell is essentially the same as the water inside cell, full of easy water. So if you drink that, you're drinking easy water. Uh, so that's, that's a second, um, uh, way of ensuring good health. Third way, a third way, um, I remember them all. <laughs> A third way is to, uh um, uh, uh, trying to think of which one to, uh, uh, to, to mention, uh, uh next. Um, okay. A th- third way is to eat, uh, various herb, herbs and, 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 spices. And, um, and so, We've uh, we've known it's been known, I should say, since Ayurvedic times, you know, five six thousand years ago, and ancient China also, that there are some foods or spices, or herbs that are generally good for health, and it was passed down over the generations that if you got X illness, you should try X X food, and, and some of these foods, I learned, are good for practically everything, like turmeric. So mm. question arise. You know they've been doing this for you know many thousands of years and it seems it works so what is it about turmeric that's so special does turmeric have (coughs) have 30 different receptor sites all around the body to to take care of any ill uh, that might afflict you ranging from a headache to a toe uh, head to toe uh, issues or is it is only one mechanism that operates in all of those places you know, by virtue of Occam's razor, you know, the simplest principle is likely to be uh, the one that's right. correct. We started thinking, well, Gee. Um, the only, the only um, um, substance that operates throughout your body that you, know, you can think of is water. And so it was possible that turmeric has an effect on the water. We did the experiment. We published it. And we found that in amounts that you would expect to have it in your body, Turmeric builds easy water. So, in other words, um, if you take turmeric uh, uh, as a spice with, with, with your food, it builds easy water. And presumably, the easy water builds in the regions of your body that, that, that a, it, where it's needed. So whether your problem uh, arises in, in your head or your toes or somewhere in between, taking turmeric should be a good idea. Uh, At least we think we understand the molecular basis, uh, and apparently it is a good idea. In the same publication, we studied other substances known to be good for health. Uh, Basil is another one used by the the Ayurvedic culture, holy basil, so called. It does the same thing. Uh, We also tried aspirin in that study. Aspirin is a natural product coming from the bark of the willow tree same, same thing. Uh, and, and later we said a ghee, uh, clarified butter also used by those ancients. Um, uh, in fact, uh, we, we could take ghee, we put it, uh, a cylinder of it, uh, in the, re- we put it in the refrigerator, to make a little cylinder of it and see uh, what happens next to that cylinder. And so the cylinder is like a hydrophilic substance that we put in water. And we can see the easy grow each time, not quite a millimeter, but not so far from a millimeter. So that's been our prize winner so far is ghee. And ghee wow. has been used by the ancients. Um, oh, yeah. Ghee is of, wonder food. It's one? Yeah, a wonder a one. And yeah. And, yeah, and you, you you mentioned Dave Asprey. He knows it. He's known it. He learned it from uh, when he was in in Asia as well, um, getting healed by monks. Um, and so, so yeah, so that's a a third a third way. Um, fourth way is going out in the sun. So uh, we we here in the Northwest U.S. in the winter time uh, we don't get a lot of sun, uh, unfortunately. And when the sun does come out, everybody's got smiles on their faces, uh, <laughs> and um, you know it's it's like coming out of a pandemic or something like that. Coming out of a, a, a constant cloud coverage, the sun peeks out and smiles. Why is that? Well, so so many people will view this as uh, as a manifestation of some kind of psychology. You know, it's been dark and suddenly the sky lights up, um, and that's certainly possible. But there's another possibility. The sun contains um, infrared energy. Infrared energy penetrates our body, particularly our head into our brain and, and indeed some wavelengths do penetrate very well. Uh, and the cells inside our brain get filled, refilled with easy water. And, and we revert to, uh, to our default situation, which is being happy. Please not unhappy or depressed, um, feel good when the sun comes out. So that's another explanation. And and the fourth one is, is a kind of extreme of that, Um, one I like a whole lot, and that's going and bathing yourself in a sauna. Uh, so uh, uh, I, of course, had the experience myself, both in Finland. Um, I think maybe Finland is the origin of the sauna. They pronounce it sauna. We say sauna, but same thing. And also in Russia, where they call it banya. And, and in both cases, uh, I, my experiences have been have just just marvelous um, mm. uh, um and i remember in, in finland I, I i remember my experience i lived in it a few times huh? and i it was uh, uh it was it was actually above the arctic circle um and uh there was a conference there the conference was a light good place um, where it means light in the around... summer or the winter i'm sorry
0: you were there in the summer or the winter? Uh,
1: I was there in the summertime. Yeah, and I I do remember. I do remember. It doesn't get dark uh, up there, and it's quite an experience, you know. Not getting dark, but but uh, it's a perfect place to, to hold a conference like like that. So I I also remember going there, and I was jet lagged, of course. Uh, I had mean, just arrived. G- gave my talk. And the evening was a party, so they took us to some remote really location near near a lake, and um, and it was great food and socializing, and dancing, and what have you. And it was about ten p.m., and I was really tired. All I wanted to do was to go back to my hotel and get in bed and sleep for ten hours. Um, so finally, um, I'm waiting and waiting and waiting for that to happen. And the leader of the conference gets up at the microphone. And I was sure he was going to say, okay, the buses are loading. It's time to go back. He didn't say that. He said, okay, the salons are now open. It's time to go and enjoy them. And I thought, oh, shit, this is not what I wanted. Um, and I just want to go to sleep. I thought, let's give it a try. So I went into one of the three that they were describing. One is dry. One is moist. Uh, I forget what the other one is. And almost everybody else also goes to enjoy them um the one was the women the man I, I i don't remember all tales all but in i the do remember old, that pre-covid days it was in the pre COVID. it was four or five years ago that's right and i remember getting out and i i i got out took a shower got dressed and it felt as though i'd had at least eight hours of sleep i was raring to go and going back to the hotel um <laughs> Didn't appeal to me one bit. I was enjoying myself tremendously. So, anyway, I, and I've had similar experiences in in Russia, where they uh, they beat you a- afterward with with, um, with leaves from from um, from which tree is it? Uh, eucalyptus. No, uh, or... no, no. You 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 Australians think everything is eucalyptus, but it wasn't. In Central Russia, it was birch trees. They're full of birch trees, and and uh, being asked initially, Do you have a hard problem. Well, no, no hard problem. <laughs> so we go through the business with sauna. Then the birch leaves are are dipped into cold water, and you're hit on the back with the cold water from the leaves of the birch tree. Anyway, it works. So, so what I uh, what is all this? Well, uh, why am I relating all of this? To you, it, it's because. Sauna means um, heat. And heat is essentially the same as infrared. And you get blasted by all of this infrared energy, and it can't help but build easy water throughout your body, especially without clothing. It's even better because it doesn't have to pass through your clothing. Um, And with the buildup of easy water, uh, your cells are working optimally, and you feel great. Uh, And so it's as, as simple as that. Uh, okay, I think I've gone through four of them or five of them, but there's there's another one um, that uh, I'd like to mention, and that is grounding, or I or perhaps you call it earthing, uh, earthing, connecting yourself electrically yeah. to the earth. This sounds awfully weird to those who never never heard about it, um, but it's just what you do. If, for example. Um, you go to uh, Bondi Beach or uh, uh, wherever you you like to go. You take your shoes off, and you walk near the water. You walk along along the water barefoot. You're connecting yourself electrically to the earth. Um, and uh, why is that important? Well, I got to tell you, uh, I could never imagine uh, why why it was important. Why it felt good. I started my career studying electrical engineering so i thought i knew something about about the field and not one professor four years ever told me that if you take a plug and plug it into the wall receptacle that that third prong uh, in our case it's round i'm not sure in in your case it goes Mm -hmm. to ground Uh, ground is zero you know no professor ever told me that it was anything but neutral Uh, therefore you know the earth is neutral you're connecting to a vast sea of neutrality of zero, a great big fat zero. <clears throat> and then uh, about 10 years ago, I had a Russian guy in the back, um, a knowledgeable guy, um, and he was just about to depart back home by the His flight was leaving from Moscow. And he started telling me about the electric field of the Earth. And I said, I'm very, what are you talking about? You must mean the magnetic field of the Earth. I never heard of an electric field. Of the earth, said, like, "No, you never did." Don't you know that that the ionosphere up there is negatively charged, and the earth and positively charged, and the earth is negatively charged, and between those two terminals, like a capacitor, you have an electric field running uh, perpendicular to the surface of the earth, running um, up and down. This is the earth's surface, and the earth is negative. <coughs> I said, Andre. Uh, he must be on some kind of drug. I never heard of thing. And uh, and he said, "Well, you know, it's a funny thing. I'm not on a drug, but uh, you know, in Russia, every middle school student, every middle school student knows that the Earth is negatively charged." <laughs> and uh, my head was swimming. I, I just couldn't couldn't imagine this. Uh, so I went home. I had difficulty sleeping that night. Uh, Could this really be true? Because if it's true, it changes so many things. Uh, uh, And next morning, I came to my office and I was greeted by a student who, um, a a diligent and intelligent student who likes to read. And he brings me the lectures of the famous, more than famous, uh, uh, Richard Feynman, uh, famous uh, Nobel physicist who. Many, people, many scientists considered to be, to be the, uh, um, the Einstein of the second half of the last century, uh, revered. Anyway, he gave a lot of lectures. Someone recorded his lectures and made books out of them. So you can read now. There are three volumes of the Feynman lectures. Volume two, chapter nine, is all about the negative charge in the Earth. And when the student showed me, made a Xerox copy, I read through. It was clear that there was lots of evidence that the earth has negative charge it's it's essentially an infinite infinite source of of negative charge and boy that was that you could have knocked me over with a feather i couldn't but nobody couldn't. else
0: discusses that it's been it was one of the lost in the annals somehow
1: it's lost in the annals but not in russia and the russians tend to be i don't know how to put it uh, they they know the history and they're aware of some of these older studies uh, done in Russia. Some of them not even translated into English. Uh, that started only about 50 years ago. Um, uh, They have their ears to to the ground. And, and so Andre was right. After all, he was not on a drug. Um, I can't attest that he <laughs> wasn't on drugs, but <laughs> I don't think so. And it changed my life because there are so many things that uh, because it seems to be true. I mean, there's lots of evidence, and I've seen no evidence against. So, so what do you do? If you connect yourself electrically uh, to the negative earth, it it creates an opportunity for electrons, this vast supply of electrons, to enter your body, create easy water because negative charge electrons imparted into water then build easy water. See, so so that's why. When you walk along the seashore uh, without shoes or socks, um, you may feel good because your cells, all of your cells, essentially get filled up with with negative charge. It's like sticking an electrode in and imparting negative charge into your body, and it seems to work. Hmm. So now it, it's called uh, earthing or grounding, and yep. many people have come to realize it, and it's become a commercial enterprise. And I think it's possible that the reason for it is as simple as, as, as I've suggested. Negative charge seeps into your body. You can do the same by burying yourself in the sand or going into a mm. mud bath. or, 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 or Swim doing in the com- sea. Yeah. Swim in the sea, exactly. Or commercially, you can buy, um, you can buy an aluminum plate. Uh, don't wear socks, put your, your feet um, on the aluminum plate. And the plate be connected to an iron rod that's driven all the way into the ground, so you're literally grounding yourself and subjecting yourself to all of the beneficial negative charge in the earth, which it's amazing how you, you. can com- It's amazing
0: how you can commercialize something like taking
1: your shoes off. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, I I don't know how well they're doing commercially, uh, but uh, yeah, and there, there's a story of. George Washington, uh, he, he, he seemed to be to uh, have been paranoid, you know, our first president uh, about his health, and he would, when he traveled, he always brought along his personal physician. And one day in California, uh, he wasn't feeling well. He went to his physician and he said, "Hey, doc, or whatever language you use, I'm not feeling well," and he explained the symptoms. And uh, his doctor said, oh, "Just hug a tree." <laughs> And uh, hug a tree, uh, well, it seems to have worked because uh, he was advised to do that all the time. And what does that do? Well, the tree, like us, the tree is filled with negative charge. And in fact, in the tree, the cells are even more negative in most plants, even more negative than we are. And so it should contain a, a super abundance of, of easy water bearing that negative charge. And so if you hug the tree... Uh, that negative charge has an opportunity to seep into your body uh just like walking barefoot. and uh i don't know maybe um maybe it worked <laughs> uh, maybe. But you, you
0: mentioned things like uh you mentioned ayurveda earlier and um i studied that quite a bit before and also metaphysics and it seems to me sometimes that science is, is studying perhaps how would you put it the the signature of the energy rather than the energy of itself. You know, when they they study DNA or or in this case, easy water in um, in uh, in Eastern language, water is Prana. Yeah. So that's the energy. And I'm sure you know this from your from your studies, but do you <coughs> is, is that more logical that you know you when you're you, you're taking in Prana and the, the sun is charging the water with Prana and you and you hug a tree and there is a there's a spiritual exchange and or as be, you being trained as an engineer, do you do you have any opening for that angle?
1: I do have an opening. I didn't have an opening um, ten years ago or or more, but I certainly have an opening now because uh, because I've seen the evidence. Um, you know, we organize each year the annual conference on the physics, chemistry, and biology of water. This October in Germany, this is the 15th edition, and, and each year um, there are two or three people uh who sometimes more reporting on um the the energy coming in somehow from the environment and creating actually information in 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 the water or memory of the water and the, the, the earliest one was or one of the earliest ones was uh they like jacques ben venice remember who is a uh, prize winner no, no, no. He he was an Ig Nobel Prize winner, not Nobel Prize winner. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, you you know the Ig Nobel Prize? It's it's the inverse oh. of the Nobel Prize. <laughs> uh, it's a, a sort of scientific joke. uh, If you win, oh, okay. if you happen to win one of those Ig Nobel uh, Ig Nobel hmm. prizes, um, you're you're anointed for life. And he was anointed with the an Ig Nobel Prize, maybe even two of them. <clears throat> um, and the, the reason is he had experiments that demonstrated uh, that water uh, could retain memory. The, the experiments he did, they were dilution experiments. He takes some substance, just like the Holyophilus do, and he diluted and diluted and diluted and diluted until, statistically speaking, there was nothing left uh, of the original molecule, only water. And that water had the same properties as the original solution that contained the water plus uh, some substance. And he tried to publish that to Nature and um, the editor, uh, Sir John Maddox. All of this that I'm telling you by the way is written in several books. Um, uh, uh, Maddox said that no way that you can be right because if you're right, everybody else is wrong. And therefore I will refuse to send it to reviewers of Nature. He was the editor-in-chief of Nature. Um, and, and so uh, Jacques, being um, not only a uh, competent, um, uh, more than competent scientist, his, his work is in every microbiology textbook. He, he knew he was right because experiment could be repeated. And it didn't work every time, but almost every time, easily, statistically significant. Um, so he decided to ask colleagues from around the world Uh, to repeat his experiment. And they got the same result and they attempted again to publish in the journal Nature collectively as a group. And the response came back, uh, I don't care how many people uh, appear to have confirmed this, it's got to be wrong because uh, otherwise everybody else is wrong. You're right, everybody else is wrong and it can't be that everybody else is wrong. (laughs) Um, so, So that's where I think that's where where the idea of water memory began, or information in in water. And uh, it would be easy at the time to dismiss this, uh, especially being a a kind of um, uh, engineer type, which I was, nuts and bolts engineer. However, I came to realize eventually that um, those people may have been right in their criticism uh, to, to some extent because... Because water, liquid water, as we know it, uh, the molecules are randomly oriented, and they're bouncing around a furious number of times each second, or each femtosecond. how how is it possible that such a, 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 a mix of, of molecules bouncing around that way could ever store information? Uh, you know, and so, so their skepticism was justified. However. It's not true of easy water. Easy water is like a crystal. It's like a, a liquid uh, crystal. And, and the atoms of oxygen and hydrogen in that hexagonal crystal, they're all organized uh, uh, and, and they don't bounce around the same way uh, as, as in, in liquid water. And that's also, that's also why easy, easy water tends to be sort of viscous like honey. Uh, because the molecules are stuck together in in, in this way, they're not freely moving, really creating a, a, a liquid. And so, so while uh, you know a decade or a decade and a decade and a half ago, I I might not have been open to the idea of subtle energies, information, whatever being imparted. Uh, I I now. I now think that that's quite possible, or even likely, because, first of all, it's not being stored in in ordinary H two O; it's being stored in easy water, um, I, I believe. And easy water is like a crystal, and crystals store energy just like the silicon crystal. And information, yes. information, right? So it's information, yeah. And and so, and also, not only does it have the capacity to do so. Um, a huge capacity for information storage because those atoms are packed so closely together. Um, but also uh, each oxygen has the capacity a capacity to have uh, not two states well like, for example, the silicon transistors which which make up today's computer memory we have two states, zero one, uh, but also uh, these have oxygens at five different oxidation states. so in theory, uh, each entity in a three dimensional array uh, that uh, of, of negative charges in easy water or of oxygens, I should say, uh, each, each each one of those oxygen atoms has a capacity to have five different states, not two different states. So you can imagine uh, uh, how the information uh, in, in this tightly packed array, each element of which has Three states um, instead of uh, two states, uh, five states instead of two states. Uh, it's amazing uh, what the capacity is, and so we're we're excited about about the possibility that one day um, your computer, instead of having a, a thumb drive that consists of, uh, of silicon, crystal of silicon, it may have crystal of easy water that's stuck in it, which has a dramatically higher capacity um for for um, energy storage so, do the battery as well yeah <laughs> and yeah uh, from... and do the battery as well right mm. right right well that's so, what we have to we are yeah yeah collections
0: we're of water held together in, through indeed
1: my... we we are collections of water and and you know i didn't use the word arrogant before but for a scientist to think that uh 99 uh, of the molecules in our body don't do anything you know I, I think it, some some would say that it borders on arrogant to take that position. That's
0: great. You're, you're like a gateway scientist, you know, like uh, the stepping stone between that brings other scientists out of this. I also spoke to Rupert Sheldrake, and he had his morphic resonance theory, and these kind of just bringing science this this towards the eastern ideas, just converting the language is very helpful, I think.
1: Yeah, I I guess I guess uh, I guess it might, might say that I'm following in the footsteps of, of Rupert Jelva, who didn't start that way, but gradually, after spent some time in India and uh, understanding the Ayurvedic tradition, uh, uh, became aware of the power. power. Hmm. It's really a pity that that so many of us have, have lost it, because you know, five thousand years ago, the people were as interested as in we are in preserving their health, uh, it's not that they never thought about it. Um, and you can imagine that, um, you know, they developed their techniques on how, how to do it, and they were, I'm sure, just as confident of their techniques as the pharmaceutical companies today are seem uh, to be, I guess, <laughs> confident of, of their techniques. And, uh,
0: Maybe even more so. Maybe they, I think they had better results, but uh, that's a whole other conversation. But I have to work uh, right. on a song I have to work on a song about water now so I think I'm I'm fully inspired I'm fully hydrated so
1: okay uh-huh. oh that's great okay so I guess uh, I I will wish you good luck on your on your song uh it's been uh, a real delight to talk with you and I'd love to hear the song after it's done I hope you have enough information to uh, <clears throat> To create it. I I've definitely I've heard some of your others. It's fantastic. Uh, thank I've you very listen. much.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Jared. Well this is uh okay. I've got the book, so I'm gonna keep digesting it all and I'll see what uh, I'll sweat out a song.
1: Thank you so much. Okay. Anyway, you're uh, uh I guess we've ended. Uh yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Th- thank you for that. you're you're great. Uh are you in Sydney? I can't remember. Where are you? Going I'm from? actually
0: in Italy. I'm in Italy.
1: Oh, my goodness. Why did I think Australia? I apologize. (laughs) Uh, No,
0: no, no. You're you're talking to people all around the world. So, yeah, I I, I understand that. Keep track of things.
1: But Mm. your English sounds as though it comes from Australia. Why is
0: that? That's a big insult. But uh. (laughs) Uh, I apologize. Uh, 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 But uh, a lot of Americans make that mistake. It's, um, I don't know what it is, but... uh, I've lived up wait I've lived abroad for a long time so maybe I a, maybe my access right. changed from the uh, I'm a, I'm originally from England yeah
1: okay right, well, I follow but I have
0: traveled extensively so
1: yeah so so I've a, a, I've,
0: I've diluted <laughs>
1: an international huh? that's why I said Bondi Beach because it's because it's um uh, uh near Sydney I thought oh yeah well he knows about that yeah <laughs> I
0: have actually been there it's a beautiful place but uh... it is
1: beautiful <laughs> yeah
0: not as nice okay. as Italy.
1: Yeah. Anyway, Jack, <laughs> it's been great. And we end just at the right time because I have to get out there too.
0: with the water with the sun this easy war Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show and the song. If you want to hear the song again, it's available on all music streaming services or for a $1 download from podsongs.com. You can also subscribe there for our newsletter for all other news and updates. A big thanks to our musical production team here in Italy, Maurizio Sanicola Massimino Vozza and Luigi Falcione and my researcher Dori Verbo. Please help us by sending this episode to your friends, sharing it on social media, and reviewing it wherever you can. I also have another show to listen to. It's called The Mystic Cast, and it's about spirituality, UFOs, mysticism, the occult, and the ethereal society, the teachings of which led me to start this project, serving the service, helping those who help others. Thanks again for tuning in. Have a great day.